Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Do you remember the first job you had that just kind of sucked? It's a strange phenomenon, but a lot of the world's most successful business people got their start working less than glamorous jobs. Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, sold vacuums door to door. Michael Dell was a dishwasher at a Chinese restaurant. And even Amazon's Jeff Bezos flipped burgers at McDonald's. Today's guest, finance guru and self-made millionaire, Jeff Rose, is no different. Jeff was a college dropout who ended up working data entry for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and he hated it. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? This is horrible. And uh, that led a journey of recognizing I need to do something for myself, take charge of my life, and end up joining the Army National Guard. Ended up paying for all my school, majored in finance, ended up getting an internship at a local investment firm, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Today, we hear how Jeff Rose turned blogging about finance into a multimedia goldmine when it's time to quit your day job and go all in on your side hustle, and which SEO and content hacks will turn your carbon copy attorney blog into a total lead magnet. That's coming up on the Rankings Podcast, the show where founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys share their inspiring stories about what they did to get to the top and what keeps them there. I'm Chris Dreyer, stay with us. Jeff Rose is the kind of person who forges his own path. He started off as a certified financial planner with a part-time blog called Good Financial Sense. The nine years he spent in the Army National Guard inspired the title of his best-selling book, The Soldier of Finance, Take Charge of Your Money and Invest in Your Future. Now, he's a self-made millionaire and an entrepreneur who coaches entrepreneurs. His business blogs and Wealth Hacker YouTube channel inspire and educate the masses. So how'd he learn to get so good with money? Well, according to Jeff, he certainly didn't get his finance skills from his family. I mentioned my mom, mentioned my dad. Uh, They divorced when I was very young. They both, independent of each other, filed bankruptcy twice, (laughs) which is really, really, really impressive. (laughs) Not once, but twice and not together, like independent of each other. So these were the financial lessons that were passed down to me. Uh, So as far as like business, entrepreneurship, uh, really, the, what the military gave me was this determination, you know, just to not quit. One story that I, I don't tell a lot of people is like 75% through basic training, I ended up getting a stress fracture in my leg and oh, wow. had to go into a full-legged cast. And for those that are in the military, you, you realize the one place that you don't want to get hurt is basic training because you're already like scum, you know, like you're not even a private, you know, you're just, you're nothing to these drill sergeants. And then when you are a broken, nothing, it's like, you're just dead to them. But uh, I I can remember that in a full legged cast on crutches, I would do as many, uh, like we were going to uh, firing ranges and any exercises that I could do while still in my cast, like I was doing it. 
my drill sergeant didn't tell me to do that. I just did it. And I can remember the captain, our company commander coming up to me and saying, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to have to restart you, which basically is, you know, go back to the beginning. But he's like, I really respect and admire, like, you know, your willingness to do whatever you can do. And ultimately what ended up happening is I ended up graduating me, even though I didn't technically complete like the final three weeks. And it was just because of that. And like, I don't know where I got that from, but it was just a, I don't want to quit. Like, you're not going to tell me that I can't do it. And that's kind of been my determination with my career, starting the blog, YouTube, like anything. I really love the challenge when somebody tells me they can't, I can't do it. Like, I just personally love that challenge. Like, all right, we'll see. Double dog dare me. Let's do this. (laughs) There aren't really many big names in the world of personal finance bloggers, but Jeff has absolutely dominated his niche audience. When Jeff began writing, he started small. But as his ambition grew, so did his audience. Right now, I reside uh, just south of Nashville. But prior to that, I mean, for all of my career, I was in southern Illinois, the middle of nowhere. And I share that because it's pretty significant because most people think, oh, well, you are well known in the media, so you must be in some big market. It's like, no, no. Like the town I lived in was like 8,500. You know, there was like, I think it had like one stoplight in the town. There was a university next to us, but it wasn't, you know, it was SIU Carbondale. Some may know that, many probably don't. So like that, that was the market that I was dealing with. But, you know, the the funny thing I learned was that the internet's pretty big. (laughs) But before I really got into like the internet, it was like, I really did focus on like the local market. So there was like a local ABC affiliate that I contacted and just said, hey, listen, I go, I've got some information I can share. I would just go to like US News or Yahoo Finance and just find any of those headlines, like five tips to prepare for tax season or five ways to save money for uh, summer vacation. And I would just pitch them three or four headlines. And then I started going in on the morning news. But that was one of my first breaks, you know, started getting uh, local Uh, local media. And that also gave me some credibility because I I would always bring in my SD card or no, I'm sorry, it was my thumb drive. And they would actually give me the the raw file that I could upload to YouTube or Facebook, you know, however I wanted to promote it. So that's how it started. And then starting the blog. And that was after I left uh, a prior firm that I started with because they sold out. And that's when I read this article and I think it was Financial Advisor Magazine talking about how if you want to stand out, from all the competition, start a blog. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start a blog. But the only thing was at the time, I had no idea what it was. It seems like in the early 2000s, everyone had a blog. While the others might've stuck around for a few years before shutting up shop, Jeff dug in harder. Jeff honed his writing skills with his local ABC affiliates, and he still hadn't figured out how to get enough eyes on his articles online. How could he make sure that people actually found his blog? This being the Rankings Podcast, I think you know where this is going. I remember like before the blog launched or maybe like right after I launched it, I remember going to Google and typing in my name and you couldn't even find me. Like I wasn't like in the top 10 results. So it was simply setting up the LinkedIn profile. That was one, you know, setting up the different Facebook pages, business pages and getting my name on there. Like eventually, oh, okay, you search for Jeff Rose, here I am. But then, so thinking it through even more, it's like, okay, if somebody wants a financial planner in my area and they don't know my name, (laughs) then what are they going to type in? 
So that began a mission of ranking organically for Financial Planner Illinois. But then uh, back in the day when forums were still a cool thing before Facebook groups, there was a forum of other personal finance bloggers and I just kind of shared in there, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. And I had uh, several bloggers kind of chime in and tell, give me some ideas, examples of what I should do, which essentially it was just writing for other blogs, other websites, and then linking back to a page on my site that was targeted for that keyword. The funny thing I have to share, because I found this amusing, in that same form, I got contacted by this, using air quotes here, a SEO expert, search engine optimization expert. He told me, he's like, hey, I saw that you're trying to rank for Financial Planner Illinois, and man, just not to burst your bubble, but like, it, it will never happen. Basically, you're wasting your time. He was nice about it. But once again, it was that, okay, double dog dare me <laughs> that I can't do it, which whether that was the, the right the mindset or not, but nonetheless... Uh, within, I think it was less than three months, I was ranking for Financial Planner Illinois. That began that process of understanding search engines and keywords and trying to think of the mindset of what are people typing in to Google? So that that's when it went from Financial Planner Illinois to targeting key phrases that I thought would be potential questions that client, or I'm sorry, prospects would type in, but also answering questions that my existing clients had. And that's when it just became so easy for content ideas. You know, I remember the beginning, so many people asking me like, well, how, do you, how do you have so many ideas? Like, aren't you scared you're gonna run out? I'm like, think about all the questions that your clients ask you on the day-to-day -day basis. And I'm sure there are 50 that you get asked all the freaking time. And one of my favorite things to do was if they would ask me a question, I would then, you know, send them an email like, oh, here is the blog post that I wrote that answers that question. It definitely gave this whole different perspective, like really being the expert, even though like we all know we're the expert, but now in their eyes, we were really the expert because we had published an article on the internet <laughs> about that topic. One of the most challenging aspects that attorneys have is not necessarily creating content on their site, creating their, their service pages, their blogs, and answering those questions. But the challenge that they're having is the backlink component, the guest posting component. I know that once you start to rank, you can attract links naturally. So you mentioned that you were posting on other sites. Was What is it as simple as just going to those sites and asking? One of the things I did have that I didn't realize how powerful was at the time, you know, having the CFP designation, you know, being a certified financial planner, because most of the personal finance bloggers back then, they weren't certified. They weren't even financial advisors. They were just average, normal people that had a nine to five job that enjoyed writing about personal finance. So the fact that a CFP wanted to guess right on their blog, that was a pretty big deal. Now, as more people are into blogging like that, it will open the door, but it doesn't always mean that you're going to get a, a, a yes. And you know what I would say is it really is no different. Trying to guess right on a, another site is no different than trying to do business or get a referral from somebody offline. You know, so if you are trying to network with somebody and you don't know them, you've never met with them. I mean, you've got to take some time. You know, before COVID, maybe you meet them for coffee or lunch, or you meet them at a some sort of social function. You get to know them and exchange business cards, and there's a relationship there. 
that typically has to happen before you get any sort of referral, any sort of, I guess, value that you would get from that person or vice versa. So, you know, in the online world, like you can't just cold reach out to somebody that you don't even know you've never had a conversation with and say, Hey, you don't know me, but I want to write on your site and get a backlink. And I still, I see people do that all the time. I get requests all the time. And that's just like spam, 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 <laughs> right? spam. Because right. mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, no, I don't know. I'm not going to have you publish on my site. I mean, occasionally I'd, I'll have like a really, really, really good pitch where it's just one of those headlines that's just super sexy. And it's like, oh, like that's a great headline. And I don't have that content on my site. Like I would be very interested in to see. And then I give them very strict guidelines to follow on what we'll allow. But I mean, that is like one out of a hundred. So it's like, all right, where, where can you go online to network with other content creators, other bloggers, and, and start just connecting with them and provide value and show that you have the expertise to speak about whatever you want to talk about. And then if you do that, typically people will contact you or if they don't say, Hey, Hey, I saw your site. I checked it out. You got a lot of good stuff. I noticed that you don't have anything that talks about whatever maybe your specialty is in your practice. Like I love to write an article that kind of shares something that would be very helpful, you know, for your readers. I think that's a tremendous piece of advice from the, the relationship building on all accounts. And one of the things that's interesting is most of the attorneys listening, they only practice in one state. So they get out-of-state referrals that they're passing to other attorneys. So that many of them already have relationships with firms that don't technically compete because they're in another state or a different metro. My advice would be those would be some of the first people that I would talk to instead of trying to just maybe contact someone in your local area that's a true competitor. And I think that there may be a rising tides type of thing where, hey, you know, if he gets more out-of-state referrals, this individual is going to be happy. And it's just kind of a win-win. So you, you have kind of transitioned. You've been so consistent. You've learned these tactics for SEO, podcasting, your YouTube. And you've transitioned now into more of, a, of an influencer, an entrepreneur that, that coaches entrepreneurs. You know, what was that transition like? It definitely was not like an overnight thing because having a brick and mortar business, you know, so I was a financial planner for 16 years and, you know, grew up from the ground up. So that was like my identity, you know, started the blog on the side as a marketing tool and ended up becoming a nice side income to becoming a full-time income. And even when the, the online business was making double what the financial practice revenue was doing. Like it was still hard to let it go. The first thing that I started doing was I would schedule a day out of the office. So I stopped going to the office on Tuesdays to focus purely on the online business. And then, then I set a goal for myself where I didn't want to be in the office more than eight hours a week. And this is actually before we made the move to Nashville. And when I started doing that, that is really when I saw it take off and then making the move and even just being plugged in once again, living in small town, which I I love small town life. But the reality was that there weren't any other online business owners in that area that I could connect with that had a business that was the scale, you know, that I was doing. SEO can work wonders on making your website and blog rank on Google, but if your content isn't up to scratch, those leads just won't convert. According to Jeff, 
Average personal injury attorney websites are a dime a dozen. They follow a similar message. They even look pretty similar. With that in mind, I asked Jeff to give us his market-leading advice on how to make your blog and website stand out from the crowd. Yeah, you know, I think one of the the easy things that you can do, and, and I see this with financial advisors all the time, and I'm sure if I, I scan all the different attorney websites, but when you go to a website of a service professional, if you can like copy and paste everything that you have on your website and, and put it on another website and just swap out the pictures, like how, how are you really different? You know, how are you trying to stand out? And that was one of the things that I... I really focused on in the beginning. You don't see as much on the new site design just because I'm not the, the advisor that I was, you know, trying to get recruit new clients. But I was very open about a lot of the financial mistakes that I made. Like I had a blog post where I talked about losing like $5,000 on a penny stock, $8,000 on a, a failed business venture, you know, it's just some of the, the bad business and financial decisions along the way. Because people relate with people. And especially if you are vulnerable and willing to share, you know, some of the mistakes that you've made, it just, it shows that you're real, you know, that you're not a politician, like, you know, you've not ever done anything wrong and uh, why they should vote for you. But even and not, maybe you don't want to do all of that, but at least share some of who you are in your personality. It's like I, the classic, more, more in the advisor space, but, you know, all the different licenses that they have like series seven and 65 and blah, 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 blah. Like nobody knows what that even means, you know, like stop wasting people's time. And then there's like this little two line paragraph that says in their spare time, they, uh, they enjoy spending time with their family playing golf and their pet dog or something. There should be more emphasis on that last paragraph. Who are you? Where did you come from? What did you struggle with? What have you learned in that struggle that motivates you and what you do today and how, how that motivates you to help other people. And the reason why you are a personal in, injury attorney, you know, like what, what is it about your upbringing, uh, your life trials and tribulations that makes you do what you do right now? I mean, when people understand the passion behind it, it's like, oh yeah, like they can rally around that. They can get excited. They can relate to you and understand where you're coming from. And that's one of the, the simpler ways. And that's what I did like on my about page. And then, so think of that in text form. And then how do you then add that in video form where it's a simple introductory video that's not reading a teleprompter. You know, it's something where you're just telling a story, like who you are, what you stand, what you stand about. I really want to like emphasize, like it doesn't have to be this high quality B-roll where they're capturing like your conference room and all your attorney books, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is, you know, it's like, just be you. And that's why, that's why I love about Facebook live and just any live platform now, because it just shows that it doesn't always have to be high quality, decent lighting, decent audio, and you're good to go. I remember in the beginning, I, I had this the simple video, non-HD, and it was in my our home office, the horrible lighting, it was at night, so it was like yellow. I was wearing a polo and shorts, you can see the shorts, and it was like, hey, I'm Jeff Rose, welcome to my blog, Good Financial Sense, blah, blah, blah. And it was like 45 seconds, but I remember like so many people would comment and just say, oh, you know, like the fact that I could hear your voice, it, it feels like I already met you, like I already know you. Ding, 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 ding. Like you didn't have to go that whole process of like, well, is this guy a scumbag? <laughs> you know, are they going right. to rip me off? Like, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. 
But I mean, when people knew like I was a veteran and my parents filed for bankruptcy and I love In-N-Out Burger and did used to do CrossFit before I got older and, and just all the things about me and they could hear my voice, could hear my accent and everything that went along with it. Man, like we just went through so many obstacles and barriers of having to earn their trust just because of what I had done online with the blog and all the video content. I think that's incredible, Jeff. And I immediately was thinking when you were talking of, we had a previous guest, Michael Gibson. He advertises a bit differently. You know, most people are, are trying to be real aggressive with the sledgehammer type of ads. I'm sure you've seen those guys on the trucks and, and Gibson's like really emphasizes family and talks about family and people can relate to him because yeah. he's with his family. Like, oh, he, he's a dad. He's a husband. He's just like me. And I think it, it's like an instant type of rapport. The way I look at it right now, especially the time of this recording, you know, you have all the political ads coming up. And for me, it's like, I relate to the ads. It's just like, I'm hearing a story about somebody. And it kind of plays back into, you know, anytime you're watching the Olympics, it's like not so much the event that people get excited about. It's that backstory of what that athlete went through as a child, you know, everything they went through to get to where they are today. It's like, oh yeah, like now you're rooting for them because you understand who they are and everything they went through to get to that, that moment. I mean, that's the same thing. Like when you, right when you said family, at least for me, like I've got four kids, you know, we're a family of six. Like, I don't even know who this guy is, but like, I like him. <laughs> Cause it's just like, yeah, it's so much more relatable. So there, there's that aspect, you know, and, and there's also, Going back to the whole political ad campaign, you know, you, you can do that strategy in bashing your competition or you can share information of a, hey, I just want to share this with you because, you know, with personal injury, like there's a lot of stigma that goes along with it, you know, and here's some things to watch out for before you start working with somebody. And you can do so in not like bashing somebody, but just saying, hey, this is what my clients have came in and shared with me some of my personal experience like that's the stuff that people relate to they understand they get it you know it's like if you can do that especially when you have like the story component to it it's huge there are just so many actionable takeaways here what's clear is that in order to stand out you need to make your content truly unique to you and your firm if you tell your story in your own words readers will identify with you and you'll already be creating an environment of trust So let's switch over to personal a little bit. And in your spare time, when you're not running a blog with your wife, you're not hustling, you're not creating this uh, amazing content. What are you doing to, to kind of kick back and take time off and recharge? It's, it's a lot of fun because I can remember back in the day, you know, when I was working my practice full time, doing the blog, I mean, I was blogging every night, every weekend. I mean, it was, it was insane. You know, I'm proud to say like, I don't work on the weekends. I don't work in the evenings, you know, unless there's just something I have to do, but which is very, very seldom. So having four young kids, I mean, right now, my oldest son just finished his first year playing golf. And I, that really excites me because it's given me an ex excuse to get back into golf and, uh, I coach my sons in basketball. I've helped out in baseball. Right now, we're kind of like in between seasons and in between sports. But yeah, just uh, any a lot, a lot of kid-related activities. And especially with, you know, COVID has kind of changed the landscape a little bit. But we've just found different things to keep us active, whether it's playing basketball outside. Our, my neighbors just installed a pickleball net. Like we, have a, we live in a cul-de-sac, so they've been playing pickleball in the cul-de-sac. And that's been a lot of fun. 
We're going to close up with a, a new segment. We're, we're calling it our three for three. It's a quick fire round. So you can kind of shoot from the gut. And being an SEO guy, I got to start with, what is your top search engine optimization tip? You know, I, I know in the beginning, I got really, really, really blinded with the idea that, oh, I have to write content all the time. Like I have to publish three, four, five articles a week. And you will burn out really, really quick doing that way. So what I started focusing on and still to this day was instead of like writing these short little crappy pieces was I would write a much longer, more in-depth article. Whatever the topic it was, I would try to answer every question that go along with that. And by doing that, when somebody finds that, when they see, oh, this covers everything that I was looking for, other content creators, other site owners are more likely to link to an article like that than something that's like, you know, 500 words or less. So don't waste time writing shorter articles. I mean, every once in a while, if it's like more of a thought leadership, like you just want to share something, you know, to kind of get an idea out and it's not purely to rank for SEO, sure. But if you're actually trying to target something very specific, then more in depth, you know, just anything that you can answer and make it easy to read, that would be my top tip. That is a great tip. I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, so next, next on the quick fire. So which entrepreneur do you admire the most? Ooh, man, you know, to this day, I, I still admire uh, Michael Hyatt, who just happens to live in uh, the Franklin area. And Michael Hyatt, you know, he was the CEO of Thompson Nielsen Publishing. I think he's got like four or five girls. And when you look on social media, it's like, oh, it seems like they have the good family, you know, like they're all have family dinners together and they're there and they support each other. And then I had a chance to uh, partake in a uh, inner circle mastermind he had several years ago. And I got to witness him firsthand and ended up going to a marriage retreat with him and his wife and, you know, got to learn even more about him and to see that like, yeah, he is the real deal. You know, it's not just all on social media and, you know, is it all perfect? Like, is there still like struggles? Like, yeah, there is but he's there, he's president. And yeah, when I'm his age, like I want to be as close to my kids as he is to his right now. That's incredible. And then final question here, what is the next thing on your bucket list? This has been several years now. We, uh, my family and I, we did like a two week RV trip to the Grand Canyon back and we've never done anything like that before. And in the time there was definitely some struggles. It was a disgustingly dirty <laughs> RV that we rented uh, from Cruise America. If those are familiar. If you ever see like those um, RVs that say 1-800-RENT-RV, like with the, the infograph or the dog on the, the door, like that's what we rented. But man, like we have some of our best memories from that experience. So wanting to like level up and take it to the next level. Uh, actually, I got to credit my middle son for giving me this idea because I wanted to rent the RV again. And I also, like I wanted to take my family to Australia, like, or New Zealand, just something like that, something completely on the other side of the world. And he said, well, why don't we just rent an RV in Australia? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. And over my left shoulder is a vision board. And there's actually on that vision board is an RV with a, uh, a picture of Australia. Maybe it's a kangaroo. So like that's there as a reminder. Of, like that's one of the things that we will do as a family. Not like we may do, like, no, we will do just whenever God says it's a good time. Here's hoping 2021 will bring us all some well-deserved travel opportunities. And Jeff will be waiting to see those pics on Instagram. 
You've been listening to the Rankings Podcast. I'm Chris Dreyer. A huge thanks to today's guest, Jeff Rose, for joining us. You can find all of the links from today's conversation in the show notes. And we want to hear from you. What are you doing to make your web content truly unique? Drop us a review and share your thoughts. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye.